Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. That Brian provides, not to just his family, to our church, but God is using him in the community. Amen. And, and we appreciate that and so grateful and thankful. Amen. What a beautiful time to be here today. You may be seated. Thank you, music team. Hallelujah. If you are a visitor, we are so grateful to have you with us here today. Amen. We've got a handful of visitors out there. So nice having you. And I would encourage you to come back. Amen. We've got Pastor Knowles. He's not ministering today, but I would encourage you to come back and hear as he ministers the Word of God. How many appreciate the message from last weekend? In red, right? The letter's in red. Did you go home and start doing a, a study on the verses in red? I'm sure I wasn't the only one. <clears throat> it really kind of gives you a... Well, I've come across some things that are letting me look at some things in a new light. So I appreciate that message last weekend. In fact, I called him up and I said, hey, I came across this. and I've read it a hundred times, but when I was just reading in red, it really jumped out at me. How am I going to put that up with this? <laughs> so anyway, some great, great stuff. Praise God. You can tell it's Christmas time, right? We got the beautiful Christmas flowers and and the Christmas colors and and all of that. And if you would like to help in supporting churches in North America to go into cities that have no church. Well, we have an opportunity uh, for you. It's called Christmas for Christ. And it is a great, great <coughs> thing that we do. And this is one of the things that the church is called to do, is to go forth teaching all nations, baptizing them, right? We are to go out into all the world. Amen. But not just to the overseas, but here in North America as well. Amen. And we received a card from the division that oversees this, and they thanked us for our offering last year of $2,500. If you would like to participate in that, I'm going to ask Easton and Mikey if you would just go around. Now, these have numbers on there. One has 59, this one has 10,000. You don't have to give the amount that's on on the envelope. But if you would like to give, you don't have to, but if you would like to give, um, you don't have to do it today. It can be any time before the 10th of January. Just raise your hand 
You don't have to give them to everybody, but if you want one, go ahead. And if you want one, uh, it goes for a great deal. And I can tell you this, I have been on the other end of receiving those funds. Because I was a home, my wife and I, we were home missionaries for, boy, eight years. And <clears throat> when you're funding everything 100%, and when we got gift cards at Christmas time for the kids, and that we got our kids were able to go to camp. <laughs> the pastor's got the 10,000. That's after he shuffled the deck. God wants you to give. <laughs> anyway, so I tell you, it really does mean a lot. Amen. Praise God. Well, so I will move on from that. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you wouldn't mind standing, I've got one scripture I'd like to read here. It's found in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. This is John the Baptist speaking. And he says this. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Woo. He says, hey. This, I'm not the one. There's one coming after me who's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He is going to baptize you with something new. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Wow. You know, we've got some great traditions that we have in the modern church. One is that we give a title to what we preach about and I thought about maybe not giving a title on this and saving it to the end. <laughs> but I'll give the title. The title is this. Too hot for angels, too holy for kings. Too hot for angels, too holy for kings. Hallelujah. Would you help me pray? Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful. God, for what you have done here today already, Lord Jesus, and ministering to your people, Lord, I just pray that there would be revelation and faith would go forth. God, we're so grateful for the anointing you've laid upon the church, Lord. We just ask, God, that we would be a light for you in these last days, Lord God, that we would be, amen, your end-time church. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. <clears throat> in Isaiah chapter 6, I'm going to get in right into this. Isaiah chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Something's going on here. 
there is a time of transition happening for God's people. You and I are in a time of transition. America is in a time of transition. The world right now is in a time of transition. We don't even know who who is going to be the nominees for the election. <laughs> now, can you? It's less than a year away, and we don't even know who it's going to be. These are crazy times. Well, what was going on here? Do we have Isaiah 6? Let's go 1 through 9. What we have here is this. We've got a situation where a king had been the king for not four years. Now, we have a president every four years. And then we have to get ready for the change of a new administration. And you kind of get, get in a groove with that four years of how things are going taxes and policy and things. You don't think about it much when you're a kid, but when you get older, you start paying attention to those types of things, right? And, and things are changing. Imagine having a president for 52 years. You would grow pretty comfortable in the status quo of how things have been. I, I've never been in a situation like that. Now, the closest that I've been in that was in the church that I was saved in. The pastor there pastored for over 40 years. That's a long time. There were people there that were there for the whole 40 years. I was there for the last 17 or 18, something like that. And I remember... The uncertainty that I had in the direction of where the church was going to go. Was it going to be the assistant pastor? Was it going to be the pastor's son? There was this uncertainty and uncomfortableness with the whole thing. <clears throat> Imagine the king has been on there for 52 years. And now he's gone. What's going to happen? Can you think about the level of possible anxiety that perhaps the people were having, God's people? So here's what Isaiah, Isaiah, the vision that he has. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. I want you to know, as the world is not sure of what is going on with the situation in Ukraine and Russia and with the situation going on in Israel today, it seems like the pillars, uh, the thrones, or the authorities of this world are shaken. But I want you to know one thing, uh, that God, regardless of everything that's going on, uh, he still sits uh, on the throne of heaven. Uh, you might be 
undergoing something in your life uh, and you're not sure uh, how I'm going to get through it uh, and you don't know necessarily where God is, uh, I want to assure you that God is on the throne of glory. Amen. There's never a situation uh, that's in doubt in his mind. It might be in doubt in my mind, but he knows exactly what is going to happen in the direction that man is going to go because him and him alone sits on the throne of heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell somebody today, don't you worry. You might be going something that you don't think that you can handle, or it might be above your pay grade, but I want you to know that God is still in control. God is still on the throne. Amen. The adversary isn't going to have his way, amen, with this world or with any powers to be unless God ordains it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Isn't that comforting to know that? That he sits on his throne. And his train, his glory filled the temple. <laughs> wow. Amen. It doesn't matter if it seems like the church or God's people is in a time of instability or transition. God's authority and God's glory is still always there. Amen. It's never in jeopardy. It's never in doubt. God reigns sovereign over his people. Amen. Hallelujah. Give me verse 2. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. Do a little study on those creatures. It's an eye opener. Each one had six wings. With two, twain, he covered his face. And with twain, he covered his feet. Moses Take off your shoes. You're in holy ground. God, just let me see you. Can I see you? No, no man can see my face. Apparently, the angels can't even see the glory of God. They've got their face covered up by their wings. Maybe this is why the Bible tells us, amen, that speaking of the mystery of godliness, that God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels. Amen. <clears throat> he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, who the whole earth is full of his glory. Stay there for one minute. He didn't just say holy. It was holy, holy, holy is the Lord. They did it three times because that was to intensify the meaning. Trust me, it works. If, you have, if you've ever been a, a parent of small children, you know how it is. You might say, 
get in the car, or get in the house. Get in here. Get in here. Get in here. <laughs> By that third time, right? Yeah. They understand the intensity. This is what these angels were saying. Holy, 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 holy. What they were saying is uh, there is nothing uh, that's holy uh, besides God Almighty. You can't find holiness uh, outside of God. The reason why he's holy is because he's not a creature. He was not part of creation. You cannot compare God with man. You can't compare his power to man's power. You can't put it on that scale. You cannot compare man's righteousness with his righteousness. You cannot compare man's wisdom with his wisdom because he is not part of creation. That's what holiness is. He is apart, separate from that. And the only way that you and I, people, can become holy is if he moves in to that person. We're going to cover that. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved, and the voice of him that cried and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. Here's Isaiah. He's in the presence of the Almighty. He is seeing things that is just blowing his mind and the one thing he knows is that he is not there he is not a holy like the lord there's something wrong with him I want you to know that when people come into the presence of God, when they have a sincere heart, they will get to the same place. God, I know when I walked into that church as, a, as an individual who didn't know the Lord, I could feel something different that was going on there. And I knew that there had to be a change in my life, but I didn't know how to, how to go about it or what to do. I needed to hear the gospel message from a preacher. <clears throat> Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. This is amazing. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. Now, this is a live coal. It is red hot. And he grabbed it with some tongs, kind of like I was, did last night on those steaks that I had on that barbecue. I couldn't reach in there and grab those steaks with my hand because if I did, I would have sizzled up all the hair on the knuckles and that would have hurt so I reached in with some tongs and grabbed those and flipped them over that thing was too hot for me to put my hand in there 
and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. I want you to know that what we have here, we've got a picture of the Holy Ghost being poured out coming up in the New Testament. Hallelujah. What is it? John the Baptist said in Matthew 3 and 11, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but there's one who's coming after me who's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Praise God. The scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, know ye not that your God is a consuming fire. It was by fire that God would come down and consume the sacrifices. Amen. In the days of Baal, Elijah, he he challenged all of their prophets and he says the God who answers by fire. Amen. That fire was so hot on the altar that the angel couldn't touch it. It was too hot for the angels. He had to grab a set of tongs and pick that thing up. You know why? Because God has an intensity and a fire that even the angels cannot bear. But he took that thing and he put it upon the lips of that man and it didn't scar him. It didn't burn him. It didn't lay him aside. But what it did is it purged him and made him clean and it filled him him hallelujah with God's righteousness you and I today when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost it's more than just the spirit of God but it is the fire of God inside of us there is a fire that burns that the angels can't touch the Bible says in 1 Peter 1 and 12 that they desired the angels to look into this gift of the Holy Ghost why? because the idea of the eternal fire of God dwelling in inside of a body is something that they could not touch or have. They couldn't have it. They couldn't touch it. But you know who could? The one who the gift was designed for, for humanity. That angel had to reach in there. He might have had an oven mitt on. I don't know. He reached in there. That thing was hot. How many of you barbecue at 500 degrees on your grill? I do, right? 500 degrees, you put your steak on there. You put your hand in there on 500, that's pretty hot. He couldn't put his hand in there. He had to reach it with something. And then he went and took it, and he put it upon the lips of Isaiah. Hallelujah. This Holy Ghost, uh, it's for real. It's a fire. It will purge up uh, those old desires, uh, those old things in your life. Uh, That's that new man. Thank you, Brother Kelly, for that lesson this morning. Uh, That's the new man. Uh, Suddenly, when I receive the Holy Ghost, uh, those things that I used to desire and those things that I used to want, uh, they weren't there any longer anymore. It wasn't about going and drinking beer and throwing down a fifth or smoking dope or doing those types of things. I wanted to be in the presence of God amongst God's people, worshiping the Lord and let the Holy Ghost moving through my vessel. Amen. Woo. 
Praise God. I'm talking about something the angels can't have. It's too hot for them. They can't touch this Holy Ghost. It it wasn't made for them. The Holy Ghost is for you and I. It is the source of our redemption. Amen. That's how we become born again is through the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Hallelujah. Too hot for angels. They desired. They wanted to know about this. Look into this. Think about it. That fire of God dwelling inside of these fleshly tabernacles. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? And that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. First Corinthians chapter three, right? Hallelujah. Praise God. Could you imagine? Suddenly. The prophet shows up at your place. And you've been anointed to be king over God's people. Could you imagine what that must have felt like? Whoa, can I really do this? Am I qualified? Did I go to enough schooling? And God would assure them, I'll be with you. Somebody got a disco beat going on. I like that one. How about, I thought my pacemaker was going off in the middle of song service tonight. Today. Then I realized I don't have a pacemaker. (laughs) Could you feel that thing vibrating through you? I was like, what is going on? I thought my pacemaker was going off. I don't have a pacemaker, but it felt like I had one going off. Did you feel that too? You felt the same thing. (laughs) Praise God. Imagine that. You're anointed to be king. But it comes with some limitations. You see that tabernacle? David, you're king. But guess what? You get to go into the courtyard, but you don't get to go in to the holy place. You don't get to go in there and minister to me in the holy place, David. And you don't get to go to the holiest of holies behind the veil. Where's the ark? I'm sorry, David. That place is too holy for kings. I'm a king. Surely I could make a decree that I could go and do these things. The Bible says this about Uzziah. I won't read it. He started off great. He expanded the territory of God's people. He won significant battles over the enemies of the Lord. He gave him great ideas to create incredible machines and Different things. They even had the adversary 
paying money to God's kingdom. But when he became strong and powerful, he decided, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to minister unto the Lord. And he went into the holy place. And he had his torch, his lighter, and he was going to start doing things. Oh, boy. The priest said, hey, you got to get out of here. doesn't matter if you're king. This place is too holy. You can't come in here. And immediately the Bible said something happened to his forehead. He couldn't see it. But the priests could all see it. Leprosy. And he died a leper. Why? Because this place is too holy for kings. Not just anybody can come into the presence of God. Not just anybody. It doesn't matter, David, that you're king. That's why in the 27th Psalm, David on the run being hunted like a wild animal. He says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I'm sure David spent his years thinking, Oh, I wonder what it would be like to go into the holy place. I wonder what it would be like to go behind the veil and just be me and God in the presence of God Almighty as I make the sacrifice for my people Israel. He never got to experience that. You see, David wasn't even allowed to build the temple because he had shed too much blood, but he desired it. He wanted to be in that secret place of God, but could never go because it was too holy for kings. I should have brought a picture of the tabernacle, and we've all seen this. The curtain around creates a court, if you will, a yard. There's only one way in, four posts. You're only going to get through to God by one way. The four gospels of Jesus Christ, amen. That's how you find the Lord. There's only one way in, and when you came in, the first thing you saw was that altar of sacrifice, death. And then there was the brazen laver where the priest would have to wash to go in. And only after death and washing could you go into the holy place. Only then. It's a picture of salvation today. Repentance is death. Dying out to that old man, I'm not going to be the Lord of my life any longer. I'm going to let you sit on the throne of my heart, God. That is death. And then we are washed. 
We're buried with him in baptism. We're washed in the name of the blood of Jesus Christ. And then only after that are we allowed to come into the holy place. How is it the holy place? Because his Holy Spirit moves inside of us. Amen. I'm talking about that you and I, we get to go into a place that the kings never were allowed to go into, into the secret place of God, the holiest of holies, the place that only God dwelled. You know, the thing about that ark behind that, it, it had three things inside of it. It had the tablets, the Ten Commandments on the tablets that it was written. It was the second one because the first one, we, we've heard the joke before, who's the one person that broke all the commandments at once? Moses, right? He threw them down. But in reality, it was the children of Israel. They had broken every commandment. Aaron's rod that budded. You read the story. It's almost unimaginable. Korah and the rebellion and what God did to those followers and then the plague that went through 14,000 people. And after that, God says, take the leaders of all the families of the tribes, put their name on it, and for Levi, put Aaron on that rod and bring all the rods here and watch what happens. And Aaron's rod budded, blossomed, almonds came out. And the Lord said, put that in the ark. And then there was a third, a, a third thing. Who knows what it is? Any of the young people? Any idea? It was a jar of manna. Angel food. Why? How did the manna came into play? Well, after God had brought the children of Israel out of Israel, there was great celebration for a time period. But then they started to complain and moan. They said, you brought us out here to die in the wilderness. We had garlic and onions and leeks, and we could eat of the flesh pots in Egypt. I don't know if I wanted a flesh pot. <laughs> I mean, I could go with the chicken pot pie as long as I know it's chicken that's in there. I don't want a kitty cat pot pie. <laughs> I don't want a puppy dog pot pie. I'll take a chicken pot pie, beef pot pie. I don't want a flesh pot pie, but they were saying, this is, we got all this better stuff in Egypt. So God gave them manna and quail. But here's the thing is this. These three items, there's a lot of symbolism involved, but I want, us, I want to focus on this. I want to focus on that, 
they did not deserve a second set of commandments and no God had to make a second set. They didn't deserve God's mercy when they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. And they didn't deserve, amen, to be eating of angel food. But God said, put it all in there. It was the failure of his people to not keep his commandments, to not trust him, and to not trust the direction of where the church was going. But you know what? God, he covered it all up with mercy. I want you to know this. Just because maybe you've broken some of the commandments, maybe you've doubted the direction or the leadership or what the church is doing, or maybe even you have have thought that God cannot provide for you. I want you to know you're not going to be tossed out. You're not going to be discarded, but he wants to cover you with grace and mercy like he did in those days of Israel. He covered their failures with mercy. That's why he had to rebuke the leaders of Israel when he was here upon the earth. He says, yeah, you've done great following all of your traditions, but guess what? You have forgot the commandments. Where is your mercy? Where is your grace? And he rebuked, and he said, and he turned to his disciples, and he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. That's what he said to them, right? Because they had turned his beautiful thing into something that was no longer about God's mercy and God's grace. Praise God. You and I, we are the recipients of something that's too hot for the angels and too holy for the kings. Woo! Go back to that scripture. Let me finish it off. I got to close here. Watch this. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord. You know, after you repent, baptize, feel with the Holy Ghost, God will start talking to you. After this, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? I want you to know that when you give your life to the Lord, you are qualified to answer God's call. You are qualified to answer God's call. You are qualified to tell your neighbors. You're qualified to talk to the kids in school, in your classroom. You're qualified, amen, to say, let me tell you what the Lord has done in my life, what he's done for me, amen. You might not have a degree from seminary, but don't you let that hold you back. You're qualified to talk about the goodness and the mercy of the Lord, amen. 
Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will go forth? Then said I, Here I am, send me. Hallelujah. That's something exciting about a young person or about an old person. Somebody that wants to give their life to the Lord, and then they hear the call to go out and to be a light to this world. And they say, Here I am. I'm ready to do it. You want me to hand out cards to somebody at the gas station? Fill me up. I want to hand them out. Hey, whatever it is, God, I want to do it. You need somebody to stand at the door and greet people? I want to be a greeter in the house of the Lord. Whatever it is, God, if I can do it for you, I want to answer the call. Amen. God's no respecter of persons. This is the pattern that we find through all of the word of God. In Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He's telling that to the disciples. He's saying, look, you need more than just a relationship. You see, they knew Jesus better than anybody else. They'd walked with him for three and a half years. But what they were lacking was the fire and the power of the Holy Ghost. There are people who know the Lord, but they don't have the Holy Ghost, the fire of the Holy Ghost. What difference did it make in Peter's life? Well, he had been with the Lord three and a half years. He had saw all these things, but guess what? When it came time, he denied the Lord three times. There wasn't the power. There wasn't the fire inside of him to stand. But after receiving the Holy Ghost uh, with thousands of people there, and they said, what's going on? Uh, some started to mock and say they're just a bunch uh, of troublemakers. Uh, Peter, why? Because now he's got the fire. He's got the power of the Holy Ghost. He's no longer denying the Lord. He stands up. There's not a megaphone. There's not a microphone. The Bible says he lifts his voice and he begins to preach the first gospel message to people on how to become a Christian when he says that this Jesus whom you killed and crucified is both the Lord and Savior of all of humanity. It's because the fire, the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. This is what you and I have. This is what you and I need. It's, it's what's going to keep us till the day that the Lord comes. A fire burning inside these earthly vessels. Amen. If I can have the musicians to come. The church has something that angels can't touch. The church has something that's too holy for kings. It's too hot for the angels. It's just for you and I. They can't partake in it. They have no fellowship in it. But you and I have something that they do not have, that they desire to know about, but they can never participate in. It's the rebirth. It's the Holy Ghost and fire. If this is new to you, you'll find this in Acts chapter 2. It's the birth, the birthday of the church. Peter, who had the keys, the authority, 
He didn't know how to use them in Matthew chapter 16 when Jesus gave them to him on the coast of Caesarea Philippi. But after he had, Jesus says, Peter, after you're converted, it wasn't just good enough that he had been with the Lord three and a half years and had a personal relationship. He had to have him on the inside. Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There's no amount of good or righteousness that you and I can do to inherit eternal life. In Hebrews chapter 9, it tells us this, that Jesus... He went into the holiest of holies for the one final time. And he offered not the blood of bulls and goats on that mercy seat, but he put his own blood upon it. And mankind now has the ability to be redeemed for all of eternity. And when he did that, the veil, the separation between God and man, he ripped it apart. Woo, he ripped it apart. This is the day that David longed to see that the common man could go into the holy place and have an experience with God that only the high priest was allowed to have once a year. But now today, amen, a person like me who came from not a good situation, whatever your situation is, I want you to know God is no respect to a persons. He wants to pour out the Holy Ghost upon you just as he did in Acts chapter 2. It's a real deal. He wants you to have it the same way. Amen. Hallelujah. Too hot for the angels. Too holy for kings. It's just for you and me, the church. Would you stand? I wish these young kids were in here. Did you see Ben worshiping right here? Reminding me of junior camp. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You've got something so special. When's the best time to get the Holy Ghost? When you hear it preached for the first time, like they were in Cornelius' household. The Bible says, while Peter yet preached unto them, the Holy Ghost fell on them, and they all began to speak in tongues. And magnify God. You know, in the upper room, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. There wasn't one that was left. There wasn't one that didn't get brought in. Appreciate that message last weekend of the ten virgins. I'm going to keep that fire. Don't let the fire out, Moses. Aaron, don't let the fire out. And we heard last Sunday morning, that fire cannot be replaced by a strange fire. It's got to be replaced the same way. If that fire is out, the good news is there's time 
to get that fire restarted. It's going to be from the same source that you got the original fire. It can only come from God. It can't be a strange spirit or a strange fire. It can't be from this world. It's got to be from the one God of fire who answers by fire. Oh, I want to be consumed by his fire. I want to be consumed. I want to be like that bush that Moses saw as the fire lit upon it. But the bush was not consumed. Would you lift your hands right now as they begin to sing? Would you start talking to God? Would you cry out to him? Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this gift that you've given me, oh, Lord God. This gift that's too hot for the angels, oh, Lord. That's too holy for the kings. God, I have received something special, something amazing. Amen. That's going to keep me to the day that you come. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Would you speak to yourself? Would you speak the word of God to yourself and hear it and say, God, I believe you're going to keep me all the days of my life. God, I believe the fire that you've laid inside of me, it's not dead. It's not going out. Oh, that's it. Amen. Let your faith be increased. Would you build up your most holy of faith and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost as the scripture says, oh, blessed be the name name of the Lord. That's it. If you want to come down here, you can. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's it. In one mind, in one accord, they gathered, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Oh, blessed be the name. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. This is what's going to keep us to that great and mighty day of the Lord. It's keeping the lamp, the oil in the lamp, the fire burning. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's it. That's it. He wants to fill you like he did on that first day. That's it. Oh, great job, young people. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's it, ladies. Reach out. You know how to pray. Hallelujah. Oh.